0: Welcome back to Foundational Thoughts, the podcast of the Missouri Baptist Foundation. My name is Neil, your host, and we're in part three of a multi-part series that we are talking about leadership uh, and really organizational leadership. And our guide for this is Jim Mislowski. Jim grew up in Missouri and has returned after some very difficult years having to live in Colorado I don't know how you made it uh, doing those kind of things, all those mountains and no trees to see and all that kind of bad stuff. But you've made it, and you're back here in Missouri helping us, and you're helping uh, today with us thinking about leadership. And we've kind of talked about that leadership is kind of a power, and it's a power to do good for other people. It's not something you're supposed to hold and make sure that you get the benefit from that. Uh, though there can be benefit that comes, but ultimately our purpose and our reason for doing so is to use the gifts God has given to us and point the world to saying, well, all of that comes from this great, glorious God who has entrusted gifts to us, who has redeemed us through His blood, and actually has given multiple gifts to all of us to be used in different ways. And so you're concerned uh, in your role and what we're talking about today is leadership among people particularly groups of people. We call that organizational leadership. Yeah. And you were talking last time about this pyramid, and uh, we're, we're, we're kind of slow building the pyramid here because I keep asking questions because the stuff you're talking about is so important. And this this pyramid's got four levels to it, and we started talking in the last podcast. If you missed that one, of the previous one, please feel free to go back and listen to that. But at the bottom of organizational leadership is what you call relational leadership. Correct. Remind us what le- relational, le- relational leadership really is.
1: So relational leadership, that's where people begin to follow you uh, because of the way they're treated. Okay. Right? And we said, they might not remember what you say or what you do, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And especially in the, in the church world, in the kingdom of God, this is the introductory level of leadership. It's love. Right? Mm. God is love.
0: Mm. So we acknowledge person, see the person, talk to the person, value the person in business. We may not have all those touchy feely things, but we pay the person. And so there's a way that we're yeah. treating them. And, and we all have to master that. Some of us are better at relational leadership yeah. than others. I, I kind of confessed yeah. last time. I'm not super great at that. I'm not right. a relational, warm, fuzzy kind of person you want to come hug or anything right. like that. Um, but the, you learn through that. And you have to be somewhat loving. You can't just say, well, I don't like people, so I'm not going to be relational.
1: Right. And and like you said, we don't have to master it. Okay.
0: We don't have to
1: be the master of relationships because lots of us in leadership position aren't necessarily that. But we do have to be, we have to have a level of competence. Like I said, some of us are professional extroverts. We have learned from others, how do I be? More relational. How to be... Uh, we call it relational intelligence hmm. or emotional intelligence. It's a lot of different... Any right. Any book... Ken Sandy does some stuff, okay. 360, okay. his 360 yeah, yeah, yeah. website. He's really good, really good at uh, condensing for leaders. If leader needs help in this area... I would point you to Ken Sandy. You might know him as the conflict resolution guy, right? Right. But his his ma- ministry has matured, and he's one of the best guys. There's lots out there, sure, sure. But if you want a shortcut, okay. go to Ken Sandy's 360 website.
0: Okay, I may be looking at that while we while you're talking here, Jim. Yeah. I think those are areas that, that I need because because I, I don't want to spend too much time on this because we spent a whole podcast on it. But sometimes there is an expectation of performance when you're in that role of leader, and mm. if you don't shake anybody's hand and you look grumpy when you walk in the room, then it's going to be hard for them it's be hard. to follow you because you're not treating them well, and even though that may not be how you feel in the top of your emotion, I think for most followers of Christ, we really do feel that we need to provide that, and we should do that, and we are yeah. loving, so sometimes we, I've, already, I've always thought that I've had to act my way into feeling sometimes. As opposed to feel my way into to thinking right. sometimes and so, so
1: and there is there is the uh, essence of uh, faking it till you make it okay right that's that's a core a crass way of right. saying acting your way into feeling. Mm-hmm. I right. would caution leaders who struggle relationally please not to try to manufacture mm. this to okay. dig it out of yourself okay God is love mm. and remember our definition. We're glorifying God by developing joyful, passionate multipliers for Jesus through radical trust in His power mm. and not ours. Mm. God is love. Neil is not love. Neil is not love.
0: Jim may be, but Neil is Jim not. Jim is
1: not love. Okay. We, we cannot dig these out of ourselves. We, they're a gift from God. So mm. we go to Him and we say, Lord, I stink. Mm. <laughs> I just, I wrestle here. I need you to fill me. With your spirit, Mm. because love is a fruit of the spirit. This is not something we manufacture. This is something that comes from God. And we have to believe, as unrelational as I may perceive myself to be, God is bigger. Than the deficit that I have.
0: And we better learn that at this baseline in we, the pyramid because we're going to need it more and more and more yes. as he asks us to do more and more.
1: We're going to grow independence on his power. This is an alien love. This is an outside love that invades us. This is not the kind of love that we pull up ourselves from our own bootstraps. That is what a dead heart that doesn't know the Lord has to do. That's when Jesus says, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. His invitation is stop trying to manufacture things that you don't have the power to manufacture. Mm. That will that will wear you out. I'm asking you to come to me, and I will give you what you need. Well, that may have
0: just set somebody free who's listening, Jim, to realize they don't have to create all of that In and of themselves. In fact, they never were designed to.
1: That's the gospel. That is the gospel. That is the gospel, the essence of the gospel. That's why it's so exciting. It is. Because authentic leadership is just an an outgrowth, a byproduct of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm.
0: But there's another phase, there's another level of that leadership beyond beyond the relational piece, with critical, foundational, got to have that. You call that operational leadership. Yeah. What what is operational leadership?
1: Okay, so operational leadership is the level that a leader gets to where people follow because they see competence. Okay. So a leader demonstrates competency, the ability to do things well. Okay. Makes uh, sense. So now they're following you because of the way they've been treated, but they keep following you because like, wow, that guy does things. He preaches well he organizes well he disciples people well i'm seeing him do things that i want to learn how to do
0: and that can go across outside in the outside the church as well this is Absolutely. we keep going to a restaurant that still produces good food on a regular basis we don't typically go to restaurants that have bad food or we go to the mechanic who's doing Good work on the car that 's not necessarily leadership, but it does demonstrate competence in those areas, and so you 're saying every person who 's a follower really wants a competent leader
1: oh my gosh think about think about a follower who 's a Christian that wants their loved ones, their friends, their coworkers to know what they know about Jesus, but they really struggle in communicating that, hmm. and they they start following a guy who who does that so well, whether it 's a Sunday school teacher. Or a preacher or a, their small group leader, and they go, oh, This guy, the, when he talks, it just makes sense. Mm. They want to bring their friends to that guy to hear it too. But even as that follower listens to that leader, they are learning, they're being scripted, and they're actually learning to articulate it better because they keep hearing it, right? And so, competency is the second level of leadership's operational leadership is just being competent in those areas. When I see somebody that can do what needs to be done that I can't do, right? Right. So I want to follow you. I want to be around you. I want to see that happen.
0: I want to get better at that.
1: I want to get better at that.
0: Or become a better person like that right. person. My wife tries to put <clears throat> me with happy people, hoping that sometimes that will rub off on me because there are sometimes we, without that, without people to strive to be around, without people to learn from, without people that we trust, we we can't really just grow by ourselves in a box someplace. It really, we are really designed to learn in community. I'm not saying we have to do every class assignment as a group project together. I'm not saying that. Right. But many of the most, most of the things that are really valuable we learn, we learn in community rather than just reading some book someplace or... Just on the internet, right?
1: But but know that leaders are readers.
0: Yes, of leaders
1: course. are learners. Like part of being a leader is being a, a reader and a learner. So you're always a leader's always growing in their competence.
0: Listening to podcasts, for listening to podcasts. That's exactly right.
1: Right, and so um, that, that's a part of operational leadership. Okay. That they, that's what you do, and because people that are following you aren't necessarily doing that, or may. And especially in your—it depends on what your organization is about, right? Right. Of what you need to be competent at. So if you're leading a church, obviously, you want to be good. There should be some competence at making disciples.
0: Not not just good preaching and not just, just good funerals does, and not just good hospital visits. Right. So
1: we, we have this culture of a church in North America um, that involves all kinds of things that require competencies— but we have to make sure we remember our measure for competency as the church of Jesus Christ is measured against his great commission, right? Okay, right? sure. Because here, here's Jesus, he's just come back from the dead, and he says, all authority mm. has been given to me, because I've just come back from the dead, that,
0: by That's the way. pretty significant, <laughs> right? I would think, yes.
1: So listen to what I'm about to say, and he says... Go make disciples of all nations in the name of the Father and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit and the Son, teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And if you do this, I'm going to be with you forever. Right. Mm. So if if we're not able to be competent at making, marking, maturing, and multiplying disciples, we could do a lot. We could be competent at a lot of churchy things, but if if that is not our measure we're missing the mark by a huge amount. Jesus said, you know, many of you cast demons in my name and call me Lord, Lord, but I don't know you Mm. because you you didn't pay attention to the most important thing I gave you to do, right? Because here's Jesus in his big four-chapter gospel, right? First chapter is creation, second chapter is the fall, the third chapter is the rescue chapter, and the fourth chapter is restoration. And we are living in the rescue chapter. He introduced this chapter with that great commission. Mm. This is what you must be about in my kingdom. I'm the star of this story. You're supporting actors and actresses. This is the script. Make Mark mature, and multiply disciples for my glory and for your joy. That's where our competency has to be.
0: That's a little scary there, Jim, when you're talking about operational competency, because I'm thinking, okay, I can preach okay, and I can go to the hospital, and I can go to the deacon's meeting and survive that if it's bad, and I can be nice to little ladies, and I can do all, all that stuff. And, and I'm not saying, I don't think you're saying those are all wrong, and we should no, get rid of them necessarily. Not at all. But the real operational competency is disciple making, and you kind of gave some uh, an alliteration there that I, I missed pretty quickly. There that we can uh, mark and measure and make. What, what, what are all those things when you're talking about of a way to define the competency okay. or to be able to articulate and define the competency?
1: So we talk about making disciples, okay, and we all have a different idea what that means because we don't get specific enough, right? Right. But if you break down the Great Commission, you make. Disciples, okay. by sharing the gospel, okay. being faithful witness, and watching the Lord radically, miraculously bring somebody from a spiritually dead state to a spiritually alive state. That has to happen first. Okay, that's called making disciples. Okay. Then you mark a disciple. Okay, you mark a disciple you through make? baptism and membership in a church. Okay. Membership has completely lost its meaning, but in our culture, membership matters, and it is biblical. I don't care. You can argue all you want. Membership is biblical. Marking a disciple is this public proclamation to say, I am choosing to follow the Lord, and I'm asking mm-hmm. you to hold me accountable to that. Baptism is this beautiful picture of dying and being brought back to life, right? That's the You, you share the gospel in baptism, but that baptism... Then becoming a functioning member of a body, you you cannot be a disciple on your own. Hmm. But our North American culture makes it a very individualistic thing. It does, and it's a team sport. This is not an individual event. This is a team sport, and and so membership, the marking process is baptism and membership. Okay. That's meaningful. That draws a person into this team. Then you mature them right through. Uh, worship an authentic community and growing deeper to know the Lord and going and showing the gospel boldly. And that's, then you move into multiplying, right? So that's, that is the process of disciple making, making, marking, maturing, and multiplying disciples. Wow. And, And as I begin to just roll that around in my head a little bit, I may, we may not be
0: as competent operationally as I think we were before we started this conversation, if mm. that in fact is the measure—that's right. I,
1: That's—I think it's the, the sobering thing that we have to look at ourselves really closely and say, "Are we measuring the right thing? Am I competent in the right core competency?" Right,
0: because there are—I think do not they do some testing where there's core competency testing, and yes. you've to have this and this, and so that's great that you can right. take these other things. But we've kind of moved away from the core competency is di- uh, from disciple making in the North American church. And that and that's even in light of or in spite of baptism numbers going down, because I think we used to point at that and say, well, look at all the disciples we're making because of our baptism numbers. But when we don't even have those baptism numbers of high number, enough quality to even
1: mm-hmm. feel halfway good about pointing at that, so I, I worry that maybe uh, we've been making baptism the finish line when baptism is really the the starting block. The finishing line, we have to measure, it. is a disciple a multiplying disciple? That's by definition.
0: Mm. And here's what's troubling me, Jim. We're only on the second part of our four-part pyramid, and I'm not sure I can go on anymore after listening to all this. I don't know. I <laughs> Uh, but these are very important because we have been given gifts. We've been given power. We've been given leadership over the church in a sense. I mean, it's ultimately a sub-leadership under the Lord's leadership under his church, and so we should be operating under what he's asking yeah. us to. And there is a relational piece of that, mm-hmm. and we've got to be competent at that. We've got to be competent at operations, but that doesn't mean that we get the offering counted the right way, and we get the cars parked, and we get the school, I mean, the service started and stopped at the right time. Those are some competencies. But the core competency is this making disciples that bring glory to him. Well, we're going to come back in another session to cover the last two of these, or maybe one a piece. But Jim, thanks for coming to continue here to remind us of why we've been called leaders. What's the purpose and how best we can be prepared? Because I think everybody that's listening today wants to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm. So today is not about pointing out uh, where you're not strong is not here about trying to make you feel badly or poorly about what you're doing it is coaching and encouragement from love with truth so that we can all hear well done good and faithful Mm. servant thanks for joining us on the missouri baptist foundations podcast foundational thoughts my name is neil your host and we'll catch you next time